Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In each podcast we'll be ignoring the important issues of the day and rambling through a variety of topics. And hopefully we'll be able to convince some guests to take part too. Episode 4, Lippy. Who would have thought? Crazy, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. Now, most important topic from last week was your job interview. Which I did not get. That is a shame. Sorry to hear that. That is a shame. But I've got another one! Fantastic. (laughs) I don't. It's not until Thursday, which will have been yesterday. It would have been yesterday. So you're going to have to wait a whole week. Again, to find out if if I've nailed it or not. So that would be November the 5th. Is it yes. anything to do with a gunpowder plot? It's not, no. But it's also my friend's birthday, so it's a lucky day. Well, let's hope so. So fingers crossed for that one. Mm. Fingers crossed for that. And I was thinking, if I do get a job, we're going to have to change the end of our podcast. So I think we should do a jingle. Do you know, I have been looking at jingles. They're not expensive to buy. Let's do a jingle. Let's do, well, but you and I do one. Or pay yeah, to do no, it. you and I do one. Ah, do we have to get the band back together? Let's get the band back together. That sounds good. Well, we have, we do have a musician amongst our friends. Oh, we do? <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, do we? Yes, we yes, do. We do. <laughs> so, we do. So maybe he could... Imagine it might be a bit hip-hoppy, housey, acidy, garage stuff that I don't really understand. You don't need to understand it, do you, really? Because I not want to turn it off halfway through the editing. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> always, always a possibility. Anyway, from last week, a couple of, couple of things. We had the Halloween trail in Cranley, which was uh, smashing. I drove through the village sort of late afternoon. Mm. And some people made a massive effort to decorate the houses. So well done, those people that did that. I think I saw a few photos on social media and people looked like they had a good time kids have certainly yeah. enjoyed themselves so that was a really good alternative to trick-or-treating how did mm. your bowl of sweets go down so so there's four children that kind of live in our little close and two of the houses were like properly decorated flashing lights skulls skeletons ghosts all going on um so we had a feeling that they may have had a little party between the two houses for the kids so we did put the bowl out and i i shouldn't be shocked to be honest it was quite lovely they came running up they shouted trick or treat and then they took two each and there's a bowl full of at least 40 sweets in there and they just took two each and i thought that was so sweet very good to see bit of mm. self-control which is yeah. uh, is a little bit unusual. It to was, be honest, but good and it also see. meant I've got a bowl of sweets to myself now. <laughs> yes, excellent, very good indeed. Mm. And uh, of course, the other thing from last week we discussed was Google Maps, and yeah. uh, had another little bit of an incident on Sunday. Uh, decided as as we're heading towards uh, another period where we can't go out much, that I would get rid of the rubbish that's been collecting for a while. Uh, and unfortunately, our local recycling centre no longer takes rubbish, only recycling. So it was a drive of some 20 minutes to get there, to queue for some time in um, to, to get rid of the stuff. But the route Google Maps took me was very bizarre. Uh, it took me two sides of a triangle that I didn't expect to go down, mm. rather than one. So interesting. And again, I suspect that's to do with 
pushing traffic down what are relatively small lanes. So, uh, if not I sure if it's... rightly, you did get to jump quite a long queue due to that. I did. Fortunately, I I came up from the opposite direction to everybody else, and um, uh, and I I attempted to push in the the driver of the Jaguar who was next to turn right in front of me was having none of it though so <laughs> he, he got in but, um, yeah so that job's done which was very good very good indeed a couple of things I came across um, was an event called Festival which was a Halloween festival and you, I think you drove in and people scared the occupants of the car by banging on Ooh, windows in. so like a drive through ghost trainee haunted house Exactly, which I thought was a very good idea. Not the sort of thing I would go to, but um, if you're into no, if you're into uh, sort of the horror equivalent of a safari park, then uh, that's that's definitely the thing for you. Mm. And the other thing which uh, appeared on social media, courtesy of Classic FM, which is my music station of choice in the car. Yes, I have crossed that age line. Was a (laughs) was a shame flute. What is a shame flute? A shame flute uh, was used in the Middle Ages to punish bad musicians. So Ooh. presumably the Justin Biebers of the uh, the medieval ages, uh, and it sort of seems to be locked around the around the neck, and then with the flute sticking out from one side. And it, it this picture, well, I'll share the link on our website. It is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Quite. Uh, quite who came up with it is is a bit bizarre to be honest it's um but again you know you look at some of the approaches to uh other people in the in middle ages weren't brilliant mm. were they i did hear something quite interesting on radio one i'm still young enough for that one <laughs> um and they would they were playing a game of some sort it was on scott mills show and it was, I can't remember what they called it, but it was a, a medieval singing group and they covered new songs in a medieval oh, kind yes. of like tone and and everything like changed down and they used different instruments and stuff to make it more medievally sounding. And oh my God, it was so cool. Yes, I, I've heard somebody's done, remade an ACDC album hmm. in that vein, and it is brilliant, utterly the, brilliant. Honestly, the best thing I've ever heard. I'm going to have to look it up now because I really want to listen to some. Well, that's the beauty of Spotify, is hmm. whatever you want to listen to, pretty much. It's on there. Possible exception of Neil Young, you can listen to it. So, <laughs> but I, th- I think he threw a bit of a hissy fit and said that none of his stuff could be streamed, which is understandable. Yeah. I, I completely understand it. Uh, but I was reading something a while back, and they were talking about links between, you go from Justin Bieber again through to heavy rock, through to classical music, and the concepts behind them are all very, very similar. So it doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me you can take a modern-day piece and replicate Twisted, it. In, yeah, yeah just, just play it in the style of uh, medieval. And quite frankly, there's nothing like a bit of Gregorian chant. Mm. Yeah, when you're feeling a little bit stressed, bit a bit of a Gregorian chant, which is difficult enough to say. Yeah, I was say, you did, you nailed it the first time. Yeah, the second well, time you could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't mock afflictions. You know that. <laughs> what What else am I here for? Well, that's very true. And from news from the allotment, after a very wet Saturday, I dashed down to uh, harvest the rest of my beans, and we've got a ton of them. 
absolutely loads and loads of beans and an interesting recipe using tomatoes and baked in the oven so i'm hoping it will be a sort of a different version of baked beans really interesting. So, very interesting yeah. so uh, i've been today to get some some wood and various fence posts to uh, so a few projects over the winter unfortunately um, i am allowed to go out to the allotment during um, this lockdown too you didn't so. clock your own pun then i did you you been out oh very good no. <laughs> uh, i didn't even know it i'm a genius <laughs> oh i had a little giggle yeah well clearly yes yeah uh, any news from the sewing room we've we have taken a bit of a pause um the reason why is i have been trying to organize myself so i bought some drawers and things because everything was just in the living room and it was just in like the bags that came in piled up in the living room and i think it was starting to irritate some people oh okay yes so we moved it and it's now all drawn up Brilliant. And it actually looks really nice and neat now, and I just take it out, do my sewing, and then put it all away again. But it did mean that I haven't sewn now because it's not just in the living room. <laughs> oh, the other bit of news from this week is I managed to secure the last uh, barber's appointment on Wednesday. Uh, I, I phoned on well, about lunchtime on Monday, I think it was, and a very mm. exhausted sounding barber said, I've, I've got one at five on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I said, well, you must have had a few phone calls like this. Um, mm. And I've seen in the press there's been um, hairdressers and barbers with phenomenal number of uh, appointments to manoeuvre over the next... Yeah. Well, talking on on Friday, this will be the beginning of this week. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. My boyfriend got a haircut as well, and I was shocked he wouldn't have just let me do it again. There may be reasons for that. Um <laughs> Uh, and I, I had office from wife of Grumpy to redo my hair, but it's only just grown back from the from the, the last time, the last one, which I think was August when uh, when we mm, were camping. She gave you a bald spot as well. I remember. Yes, and I don't actually have a bald spot. No. <laughs> full head of hair. Thank you very much. <laughs> what has been a discussion for many many years is what should be in a full English breakfast. So. Can you describe your perfect English breakfast? I feel like I'm not a fussy or an adventurous person. I'm happy with some scrambled eggs or fried eggs. We'll go eggs because it depends how I feel on the day if I want scramby or fried. Bacon, smoked, some sausages. I'd love a grilled tomato. I think that's a definite. A grilled tomato, some buttery mushrooms, oh, hash browns. Oh, now I'm thinking about it. I'm really like... <laughs> Really, really adding more and more i would take or leave baked beans they they're not a must for me sometimes i really want them sometimes they fill you up and i'd rather eat another sausage than some baked beans mm, that's that's interesting sausage or baked beans i'd much rather have a sausage hmm not in a very thing. interesting well over many more years i've i've honed my list um, certainly uh, a good sausage like either Cumberland or maybe pork and apple oh I do like a pork and apple sausage uh, and bacon obviously uh, smoked or unsmoked but I do like the thicker cut bacon rather than the very thin stuff that just sort of thick cut with a crispy edge that would be perfect so I find the thinner stuff if you cook it in the pan tends to 
sort of a bit like a crisp packet on a fire just tends to sort crinkles of crinkles up crinkles up and it, it disintegrates and you end up with a ton of water in the pan and, and a couple of very anemic looking bits of bits of bacon so i think the the thicker uh thicker cuts are, are definitely better for that definitely hash browns definitely black pudding no sorry uh, i black pudding and egg can't beat that co- friday can't beat that combination as far as i'm concerned and i will actually discount a restaurant for breakfast that doesn't have black pudding i think the thing with black pudding for me is i probably would like it i just can't bring myself to eat it but it's it, i believe it's very good for you because there's lots of iron in it whether that's true or not i don't know so mm. please don't take any medical advice or nutritional <laughs> advice from this segment there, there is there is none whatsoever. i'm a person that's low in iron well, maybe you should be eating it. But I am. I well, I'm not going to take your medical advice, and I'm going to pretend that it doesn't have lots of iron in it. Best, and slightly going off topic a bit, but the best food item I have ever had uh, was cooked by a son of a friend of ours, and it was a it was a Scotch egg, and he'd poached the egg using the mm-hmm. uh, the water and whizzing it round. None of these. Um, silicon pouches or anything like that. So it was it was done, and it was just cooked. It then went inside the uh, sausage meat, which also had black pudding in it, and then deep fried. And it was the egg was still that. ruddy. That was the best Scotch, pud- Scotch pudding. Uh, Scotch <laughs> egg. The words up then. Scotch egg I have ever had. Not only the best Scotch egg, the best thing I've ever eaten. Do you know what? I might text him and see if he wants to make some. <laughs> well, we keep trying, and he he says, "Oh yeah, 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 hasn't happened yet." He's so. never at home. Well, he's. he's so maybe we need to dig up some embarrassing photographs and um, Ooh, just threaten to release those. Yes, absolutely. I like that idea. Blackmail black for black pudding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so that, that is the only time I've had black pudding, but it's hard to distinguish it, it the is flavors, hard. isn't it? Yes, but it that is was hard. I, I, if it's black pudding, then fried egg, because the egg and the black pudding mix, I think, extremely well. You've got slightly... A peculiar taste in scrambled egg though it's... i just have an issue with egg i love egg absolutely love eggs don't like omelets which is weird but i feel like it tastes like burnt egg but at the same time i can't eat a one a, a runny white <laughs> a runny <laughs> a, white a runny a runny white i i don't mind a runny yolk but if the the white is still like gelatiny gloopy oh no it may I yeah I have very vivid no I don't even know how to put this into words I just cannot deal with the fact no. that it's a runny white there is something a bit gloopy about about mm. the whites I mean personally I like my scrambled eggs so it is barely cooked um and what I tend to do is throw them in the pan and turn the pan off and uh, so they're 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 it's it's as one rather than broken up into little bits. But it's, I think it's slightly different when it's scrambled because it is all mixed together. Mm. But when we have a a lovely breakfast all as a family, we dish all of your eggs up and I go back into the kitchen and carry Absolutely. on cooking mine for another five minutes. Absolutely. Um, it does also mean I get extra egg though, by the way. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. No, I haven't, but I should keep an eye on this. Um, in the future because obviously that's... mother is is trying to be fair and she's like oh is that enough left in the pan for you i'm like plenty yeah well we'll keep an eye on that <laughs> that's, that's the extra yes yes and as for beans i like my baked beans 
Um, and interestingly, the the last cooked, well, last English breakfast we had on Sunday morning, the beans arrived in a separate pot, which I quite like because yes, of because food like mixing. Food I don't like. I don't. Well, I don't mind it touching, but I have a thing with peas getting everywhere, and they're difficult to eat because they're so roly. Um, we've got a section about why wife of Grumpy loves peas so much. Um, so the, the little pots are good. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. Tomatoes, not hundred percent certain. Depends on how much they're cooked. If they're um, if they're quite mushy, I don't like them. I love no. raw um, tomatoes. Um, and I think cooking releases something. Again, this is not nutritional advice. Um, that's, that's a good thing. Um, so probably cooked tomatoes are better for you. But I do find the mushy I, ones a bit too mushy. I like a grilled one. So it's yeah. a little bit brown on the top and warm, but not mushy because it's, it's not cooked as yeah. such. It's just grilled. Uh, mushrooms cooked in butter, also Definitely. good. Not essential, but quite nice. Mm. Um there, there's a thorny topic of fried bread. Oh, I do like a bit of fried bread. Now, my dad used to do fried bread, um, and I think his idea of fried bread was just to soak up a bit of fat and make it warm. <laughs> because it was it was only when I went out for breakfast once this fried bread appeared, and it was it crunchy. was fried. It was yeah. crunchy. <laughs> it was fried bread. It wasn't absorbed bread, which is. Uh, what he used to cook. I mean, why he bothered with the pan, I don't know. But the man he used to, used to have dripping sandwiches for lunch. Um, and amazingly, he went and had a, a both my mum and him, when he must have been in his late 50s, early 60s, went and had a cholesterol test. And uh, we were all expecting dads to be off the scale. His was completely normal, and my mum's was off the scale. So, which was, was bizarre. Um, there we go. That's a yeah, so good bit of advice there. Eat so as just, much fat as you want. <laughs> well, again, this is not nutritional advice, but there are schools of thought that says that fat is not bad for you. Yes, even dripping sandwiches. Yeah. It doesn't anyway, sound very appetising, dripping sandwiches. It doesn't, no. And it's not sure it's something I would, I would particularly want. Mm. So if you're on social media, there is a brilliant Facebook um, feed. Is that the right phrase you youngsters yes. call it? Yes. Uh, called the Fry Up Police. And there's uh, many pictures in there of um, massively excessive uh, fried breakfasts and massively underwhelming fried breakfasts as well. So that's that's quite a good uh, good thing to follow. And, and a bit of a shout out also for um, the Woodbridge Cafe in Guildford. Um, we've had uh, friends and me have had uh, many a good breakfast there. And a number of occasions we've been there for Christmas Eve and then gone shopping because obviously that is the correct day to do Christmas shopping um, when you're full of a cooked breakfast and you just run around panicking. Um, although I have found running into perfume shops and the like and going, I've not bought anything, can you help? does bring out the best in people. It, yeah, I can imagine it yeah. does. <laughs> it costs, but it, uh, it yeah. does. Uh, anyway, the Woodbridge Cafe have a, have a bit of a challenge on and they have a, their big breakfast. Um and if you can eat it within half an hour, you go on the wall of sh- fame. And if you don't, you get a doggy bag and you go on the wall of shame. Uh, needless to say, the wall of shame is considerably bigger than the wall of fame. I imagine so. Uh, but it starts with a ten egg omelette. What? Uh, yes, quite. I mean, this thing is In half an hour? In half an hour. I mean, the thing is massive. And we will post some links on, uh, on our uh, website to the Woodbridge Cafe. And I think they've got a Facebook 
feed as well. So and there's pictures of people that have completed it, and there's not a great many have, to be fair. Right, it's, yeah. um, it's, it's quite an achievement, to be honest. I think if you had a bit more time... I know, I know at least one person I reckon who could do it. I, uh, I'd be probably thinking the same person, actually. Mm. Yeah. Always clears his plate. Yeah. Eats an obscene amount, probably listening to this podcast right now, thinking, oh, that's me. Well, he didn't listen to the last one he claimed to have listened to, so... Well, he didn't comment about the uh, editing cock-up. Anyway. Oh, yeah, true, true. Yeah. Uh, mm. Oh, maybe we should take him down there, because if you eat it, it's free as well. You, oh. you get your money back. All right, you, let's, let's organise a... Uh, we can get some pictures of it, then. Yes, absolutely. All you have to do is starve for a week beforehand. and then. Uh, I don't think you'd even need to do that, to be fair. I, I saw an interview with the man that does uh, Man Versus Food. Oh, yeah. Which I, I think is quite a grotesque programme, and it's not mm. what I'd want to see. You had to watch that at school. Did you? Yeah. What, in lieu of lessons? Yeah. It was. I think it was in our lifestyle lesson. I can't remember what it was okay. called. About nutrition. Basically... We watched the other one that supersized me. I'm like, don't do this. That's what they're trying to say. Yeah. It looked like a task I wanted to complete. You ate McDonald's every day. Oh, no, I don't think so. Uh, anyway, back to um, Man vs. Food. He would, so when he knew he was filming, he would spend a week or so before just drinking copious amounts of water just to stretch his stomach so he could get it all in, mm. which is just... I mean, this is for television. It's it's grotesque, really. I suppose the point. Yeah, like, you can't feel good after he does them. No, but I suppose if you're making money, good point. Uh, maybe who knows? Yeah, and pay for the medical bills that come afterwards. <laughs> well, there'll be a few years down the line, won't they, mm. when the royalties have dried up? So, mm. yes. But going back to the baked beans, interestingly, um, a friend of ours bought a B and B up in Scotland, and uh, he was he was very keen on the fact that his breakfast should not have baked beans his, his view was it's not a cafe but slightly odd I would have said um, and of course there are two ways of cooking baked beans there is microwave yeah, which warms them up and there's cooking them on the stove and that's yes that's the much better way because it, it does something to the bean it begins to rough up a little bit if you you almost burn them on the pan yes i was going to say that and get it, them a it, little bit burnt and they go really yeah. thick and the sauce thickens up as well and mm. that was a top tip of all from all people james may again a top gear fan uh in one of his books i read a while back um, that's a very odd top tip it is a top tip i think what he'd done he'd recycled a whole whole load of uh, newspaper columns into a book which is quite a clever thing to do and then um, that was in one of them about uh, baked beans. That doesn't really sound like writing a book, if you ask me. <laughs> no, but it would make an interesting comment, column. It and would, I think that's yes, where, it, yeah. where it comes from. Um, I've, re- I've written, re- I've read one of his recently, which again was a mashup of columns, and actually it was quite good. And it's brilliant at bedtime because you can read, you know, it's a page and a half to two pages, which is about the maximum I can read before falling asleep. Uh, <laughs> normally dropping the, the book on the floor or somewhere <laughs> so that's, that's very good yes well we'll be coming on to cat shortly mm. uh but before then we've got uh, a little ditty on post-it notes i love a post-it that's a lie i don't like a real post-it note but the day i found digital post-it notes was was up there with one of the best days not as good as aldi obviously but i wouldn't say i'm a forgetful person but 
all of the job, obviously I don't have a job at the moment, but all of the jobs I've had are very, lots of information coming at you about lots of different people and lots of different little things that you need to remember. So I would always have a little post-it note and add my whole screen was covered in post-it notes of little notes about each couple and oh don't forget to do this before this day and things like that and honestly I'm quite an organised person when it comes to lists and things like that when it comes to working and digital post-it notes are just one of those little tools that really help you know. I, I think any sort of list I mean I've always written lists and I read a, an article a while back that said if you write one list for something then why not write a list for absolutely everything and and he or she was absolutely spot on in my view because what you tend to do is you tend to wander around with stuff in your head that you're trying to remember to do mm -hmm. and actually if you write it down and you always write it down in a list you don't have to retain any of that anymore and your head's free to think about all sorts of other rubbish um, <laughs> and you I tend not to now wake up in the middle of the night thinking oh, I must remember to do that do you think Sometimes. that's why we talk a bit more nonsense than most people? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> because, because, yes. <laughs> well, because you, you have the, the bandwidth in your head to think about other things. Mm. Um, because, because you know you, when the time comes yeah. to think about that thing, you're not going to forget about that thing because it's written down. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm a big fan of it. It was originally called uh, Wonderlist, I think. Wonder, oh, as in yeah. Wonderlist. That was very good. It was bought by Microsoft and turned into Microsoft To Do. Uh, which is, as far as I can see, as good. Um, there's a little app on the phone. You can set dates for it to, to be done, reminders, all sorts of stuff like that. Wonderlist still exists? Uh, oh, definitely. Or maybe slightly changed wording, because there is one that I had at work that it was linked to my general manager's, and I could add things onto his list. Okay. Because he was a very forgetful human being. <laughs> mm. So I was able to add things onto his list okay. so that he didn't forget to do things that I needed him to do. And that worked quite well. Yeah, that, that's any sort of collaboration like that. Um, another good tool I've used recently is, um, particularly with uh, not being in the office, is something called a Miro board, which is like a massive whiteboard. Um, and you can do all sorts of things like that. Um, post-it notes and things and it's a technique i've used in the past for uh designing software products and coming up with a list of stuff to do and that is you know you write stuff on a post-it note you slap it on a whiteboard uh and then you come back and you you choose the top ones and you move them around and eventually you end up with a, a list of things to do and a backlist and stuff like that and a post-it note works really well with that because you're together and you're in the office it does worry me slightly the um ecological downside of this because I don't think they're recyclable but that's where a digital post-it note yes exactly works out a bit better yes it well it well it depends on how you measure it um and there, there's a lot of discussion about how eco-friendly computer software is terms of applications because you've got to maintain servers you've got to have your phone you've got to plug it in you've got to yeah, sure. there's a lot more to it it's a little bit like saying you know electric cars zero emissions but there's none coming out of the you've exhaust pipe but there is a whole bunch of other stuff that has to go on so it's very difficult to compare that um, but if you're looking at something like a post-it note with some chemicals on the back i mean apparently originally it was the guy that invented it was trying to invent some sort of super uh, sticky glue 
uh, and came up with this stuff and he, he took it around 3M, the people that originated the post-it notes, and nobody was interested. Um, and it took a long while before somebody went, oh, I know what we could do with that. Stick it on the back of a piece of paper. Piece of paper. But top tip for post-it notes, I mean, normally you write on it and you peel it off, don't you? Yeah. If you write on it and pull it downwards, they don't curl up. So just like a... Yeah, like a, a very difficult to describe in an in a audible manner. I think a was quite a good one. <laughs> yeah, that was quite good. Yeah, so pull it down. So it scrapes it down rather than pulls it off. You see what I mean? Oh. Uh, and they don't curl up and fall off, which is interesting. I don't know why that is, but um, a, a colleague of mine discovered this. Um, um, it's, it's definitely the connoisseur's method of removing post-it notes but, um, yeah interesting one of those uh, one of those things in history post-it notes i wonder how many have been produced over the years must be billions and billions mm-hmm. and billions of them be. yes indeed yes anyway great tool uh, both the paper version and um yeah definitely and that uh, i tend to use uh, some cut-up paper for my notepad rather than post-it notes but oh um, yeah grab it out of recycling <clears throat> yeah that sort of Left thing so uh, recycle if you can again we're not uh, we're not suggesting that uh, you should always use a post-it note but obviously digital ones are good and there's plenty of apps available um, it'll make life a lot easier for you yeah organize yourself you know well it does make a difference it does make a difference but sometimes it doesn't if you're not of that mindset no, I mean, I, I've got some very good friends who's, uh, interestingly, when you look at his computer, uh, the filing system on it is uh, folder, 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 one file, and <laughs> another folder, one file. Uh, is that the person I'm thinking you're talking about? Yes, almost, <laughs> almost certainly. Um, and he'll remove parts from a car and just throw them all in a box. <laughs> And then go, what's all these bits? And I mean, we all end up with Where bits. Where does that go? <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem is you take it apart thinking, I'll put this together next weekend. And then three years elapse and you're looking in the box going, I know that goes somewhere. And inevitably, you end up with bits that never go back on again because you can't remember how they go. I think that's true of however you rebuild something. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the throw it in the box is is very entertaining. It means you strip the thing down very quickly, but God, does it take a long while to put it back together again. <laughs> or find the bits. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, cats. Oh, I do miss our cat. I'm yeah, not allowed one. Quite welcome to have her. Oh, I'm not allowed. My housemate is allergic, apparently. But yeah, we have a rule that if I ever get a cat... I have I'm intolerant to avocado, which may cause a few issues for some people listening. It is a thing, and it does happen, and it is very not comfortable when I eat avocados. But <laughs> if we ever get a cat, I have to eat an avocado every day. So when you say you're intolerant to avocados, I'm fairly intolerant to people pushing in in queues, but that, <laughs> but which is slightly different, I think. It's I think it's the same as you can be. It's like being a celiac or being gluten-free there's different levels of of how you feel after you've eaten it and it isn't it's not a case of i am allergic and that i react bad like i'm still not sick can walk that side of things but it is very uncomfortable in my stomach after i've eaten an avocado 
Interesting. I mean, it is avocados are supposed to be the perfect food because they have everything in them: a bit of yeah. fat, bit of carb, bit of this, bit of that. Um, so it's a it's a shame. But again, that's one of those foods that it's a bit like pears. You can have a pear that is rock hard in the fruit bowl. You go away for ten minutes, come back, and it's turned and it's into moldy. mush. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just it's it's. Oh, I tried to put pears through the juicer the other day. It didn't end well. No, they were hard. very, very no, very soft. They'd gone oh. very soft, turned them back for a half an hour, and they they gone to mush. Uh, and unfortunately, what happened is the skins fell off rather than being chopped, and they just lined the inside of the oh. uh, the juicer, almost like wallpaper, pear wallpaper. It was. Mm. Um, anyway, I digress. We we were talking about cats, <laughs> not, 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 not juicers. So, the grumpy household has had cats for well for for a very long time. Um, and we have a 16-year-old cat that was born in the house. So the furthest it's been is the vet's in bedroom. half in your bedroom, indeed. Uh, so its longest journey is to the vet's half an hour, a half a mile away. Obviously, we don't know where it goes during the day, but it is—it's become, or she's become, a bit like a slightly demanding OAP to the point of massive irritation. So her hearing's gone a bit, which I think she's faking that. No, no, definitely not, because oh. she 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 jumps when you come up behind her, whereas, yeah, whereas before she would um, run away, run away basically. <laughs> um, but she now now we're down to one cat. She'll come in through the cat flap and, and make an announcement mm-hmm. as she comes in. She wants to know everybody to know she has arrived in the house um, and will demand be demanding something. So she'll stand at the door and just meow till you get up. And then she'll go in one of several places, either to the food bowl or to the cat flap if she expects you to go outside with her. Even in is, the rain, I found even, out the other day. Even in the rain, which is something I do not entertain. Um, <laughs> or she'll go and stand by the bottom of the stairs, which means it's time for bed. But it's half past seven. It's not really bedtime, to be honest, mm. um, at all. And they're, they're, and now there's the, the morning rough-up. Um, and this... This varies throughout the year. When it's light in the morning and I get up, then she'll normally get up and stand at the stairs and meow until she's had a rough up of some description. Um, and, and pulled all of the carpet out of the stairs. Yes, basically. Course. Yeah, so a rough up involves uh, a brusque rubbing uh, while she manoeuvres herself around on the carpet with her claws. So, yes, it's a very odd thing to do. Um, and now she's demanding more than one of those a day. She's getting late... too used to lots of people being around, though, yeah. I feel. Oh, well, th- that was interesting. When when lockdown started, um, the, she was obviously a bit put out that we were all at home during the day. Because that's her um, sleep time. Well, yeah, because night time is staying awake, chasing small furry creatures and waking people up mm-hmm. um, by whacking them on the head or something along those lines. Which, again, is not something she does to me because I tend to... in the depth of sleep um knock her flying so she doesn't do that anymore not with me she's do that to me very frequently when i was still living yeah so back to the question do cats have owners or staff clearly they have staff well i learned a very interesting fact about cats Ah. not well hang on we don't know if this is a fact because cats don't talk so we, we can't confirm this but some people have looked into it and believe that so when you see cats interacting with each other, they don't tend to meow yes. like they do when they see us. Yes. But when they interact with kittens, they do. 
Interesting. So meowing is how they talk to kittens, which means that they see humans as stupid babies that can't do anything for themselves. And yet they demand to be fed, roughed up, um, entertained yeah. in the garden. Or the, or the latest one, sit on the um, living room windowsill and meow until somebody opens the front door. Mm. Um, and but I yes, actually so. found I gave in to that over the weekend. So I've been doing that for years, so she knows that if she does it for long enough, it's happening. Yeah. Somebody I, is opening that window for her. I made sure there was nobody else in the house before I did it. So. <laughs> but yeah, so meowing is a way that they communicate to kittens, which also is when they... You know when sometimes you go to stroke a cat? I don't think our cat does this. Maybe Ralph used to. But they would roll on their backs and when you go to stroke their belly, they then attack you. Yes, yeah. So they do that to kittens. It's a way to teach them to defend themselves because they're like, Uh... okay, I'm I'm dead, bloody blah, you can play with me and then into attack mode. So it teaches them to be like, and escape or attack back, which is why... When you sometimes they're all cu- like playful and cuddly with you, and then they'll just attack you out of nowhere. They're trying to teach you to defend yourself. And then the other thing I learned was when they bring animals in, when they bring them in dead, they're trying to share that animal with you. Okay. And there has been many a night where I've woken up to a crunching yeah. under the bed. When they bring them in alive, they're trying to teach you how to hunt. That's really useful in the middle of the night. There's nothing like chasing well, a mouse. That's what mouse. I mean. Roly's probably sat there watching me trying to catch a mouse at 2am with a piece of cheese, which did work, thinking, oh, she's doing a really good job. She's trying really hard. She's, she's getting the mouse. Not the, which is obviously very annoying for myself. It did mean that I got to see if a mouse would be caught by a piece of cheese, which I did quite enjoy with Charlotte in the background. Yes. Going. Yes. It's yes. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's a spider run. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. So mm. not they just view us as, as really subjects. Yeah. Basically. And, and, and really stupid ones at that. Stupid ones that need to be taught things. Yeah. And put in their place. <laughs> yes. Which does make sense as to why they're very demanding as well. Yeah, they do seem to get worse, and they seem to be worse in singles as well, I think. Mm. If you have more than one cat, it they tend to... Play with each other. Well, to a point, or just annoy one another, so there's less uh, time for annoying humans. Which mm. is, uh, I don't think she really likes me anymore. It's got to that point where I come home and she won't really go anywhere near me. Yes, we, we had a cat before you were born who would uh, we would go away for the weekend, and we'd come back, and he would take one look at us, and then just walk off. <laughs> And, and you left just, me. Yeah, you left me. So I'm just going to walk away. <laughs> um, definitely, definitely staff or subjects, I think. They're... Yeah. They don't know that we are owners or no. looking. Even I don't even feel like they know they're being looked after by us. No, no, it is it is bizarre. Mm. It, is, it is like royalty yes. in, in many ways. Oh, I do call her Princess, actually. That is one of her nicknames. Yeah. Very fitting one. Yeah, several other names also begin with P. Yes, we won't repeat here. Anyway, for our other podcast this week, uh, I've chosen uh, one called Fake Doctors, Real Friends. And it's, uh, it's, it's a cracking one. It's by the two, two of the main actors from Scrubs. 
if you've ever seen that series. Lost Crabs. Uh, so Zach and Donald. And it really goes through every episode from the pilot uh, through. And they're, they're talking about um, what's going on in their lives and, and how the writing team are putting stuff together. Uh, and it's really interesting. If you love the series, then you'll love the uh, the podcast. Uh, what's really interesting is both of them were fairly unknown uh, when they were cast in the pilot. And uh, Donald, who claims he was living the style as if he'd made it, but had no money whatsoever, to the point where he had to borrow money from his mum to put petrol in the car to go to the audition. He said, I had to get that job because I was just I was just in so much financial debt, basically, mm. because I, I was pretending I'd made it, um, which is quite interesting. Uh, and there's Wait a lot until of, you make it. Well, that's only lasts so long, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, and there, there's a lot around the, the writer as well and how he was able to, to make a scene that just seemed so odd so funny um mm. so he had a really good good vision it still does um and also a hell of a lot around uh 9-11 and what was going on because they were in the middle of filming then um and it does take you back to that period and the, the shock that the world felt and and they felt being obviously close to uh closer to new york but also being in the medical profession as it were mm. uh and the effect that was having on on the the community so yeah, if you like your, fr- uh, like your friends, if you like your scrubs, then uh, fake doctors, real friends, well worth listening to. So, what have we got next week? So next week, as it will be the day, it'll be Friday the thirteenth. Spooky. Friday, yeah, maybe try and find some fun fact. Not fun because it's Friday the thirteenth, but maybe origins. Have a little look at that. Origins will be interesting. Mm. I mean, why is thirteen unlucky, and why is Friday unlucky? because yeah. Friday is the best day of the week, as far as I'm it concerned. Is. Well, after 4.30. <laughs> uh, we will also then be talking about the disappointment of cooking, I... which I don't 100% agree with, but we'll discuss that next week. Really good. Um, and also Christmas songs, as we are getting in the spirit. Well, you may be. I don't know why, but I feel like just want to be nice this Christmas. <laughs> well, we have two puddings and a cake. It's all you need. It is all you need, which I must go and pour some brandy into. Oh. Yeah, two for the cake, one for me. (laughs) Just about (laughs) to say that. (laughs) I was thinking, though, it should be two for the cake, two for you. Oh, at least, yes. At least. Yes, yes, at least. Excellent. Well, we look forward to that. Yes, indeedy. So that's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I would like to thank our sponsors. However, we don't have any. So here's Lippy pitching for a job. I'm currently unemployed, thanks COVID, and looking for an office management role. So if you need an extremely organised and hardworking office manager, then pop me a line. If you're enjoying our rambling podcasts and can spare a few pennies to help with our hosting costs, please head over to patreon.com forward slash lippy and grumpy and also leave a good review or a bad one. If you have a topic you'd like covered, please leave us a message via our website, lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye.